Ladies and gentlemen. Wrestle Kingdom, named after motions, as Jeff and I have said multiple times. It actually worked out that way because my original uh, proposition to, to Doc when he was this year was for Jeff and I to do a show about New Japan Pro Wrestling and Ring of Honor. So what we did was actually a spin. So uh, it's kind of, it's, we kind of strayed right from the beginning. But still, the show was named after Wrestle Kingdom and Ring of Honor. And Wayside Bias Lately... Um, because they've kind of fallen by the wayside lately. But um, there's been some place Jeff and I would go back to for great pro wrestling. And now, the first time ever, um, they're doing a two-show Wrestle Kingdom. January 4th is on the night. This year they're doing January January 5th, and the 5th actually looks like the bigger night. So Jeff and I are going to run down what those cards look like because this coming Saturday and Sunday ladies and gentlemen early in the morning after the shows go off the air Jeff Imp and myself will be doing the Aftershock programs for your listening entertainment or whatever Jeff provides wow wow Wrestle Wrestle Kingdom this is Shane my good buddy Jeff wow what Jeff wow whatever Jeff provides yeah yeah, I guess that is fair. Well, I'm just excited to to be on the air with him. I want to see which one of us. You want to see what? Which one of us can out babble the other? Oh, yeah. I probably won't get many words in edgewise. I'm guessing. Uh, that's what both him and I are hoping for. <laughs> um, should no, I just, you should know. I, should I just like sit in the corner, uh, like a, like a threesome, like should I playing with each other? Is that the, that's that the deal? But yeah, be my um my um anyway uh onto the the actual show. Uh, you'd mentioned that you know that we we talk about uh when we first started this like you said it was going to be New Japan, it was going to be Ring of Honor. And when we started it out it was it really truly was. I mean, those were the two shows we were all in on. And I say all in because, to be honest, that was a Ring of Honor sponsored program. I mean, it's produced by Ring of Honor. Yes, it and and Cody. Yes, it was the Reigns and did it. But let's face it, that was a Ring of Honor show that just mixed in some talent from some other promotions. And you know, hate to say that because you know that is also the start of AEW, which is a second point we can get there. This year we. We kind of went off the rails a little bit this year, bringing in some other promotions and really taking time away from our true, ultimately, New Japan and now AEW. Those are our two true loves, and Ring of Honor has become, I don't want to say unwatchable, but I'm going to say almost unwatchable. 
after Final Battle, I don't know that I can watch another of my current programs. And it's as we say that a lot of it has to do with with All In, um, because they put on All In. Those were the main part of All In. Pretty much all left Ring of Honor to form AEW. So it, it's, it's kind of still following the same guys. We're just following them in a separate promotion. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's true. But I mean, I mean, Ring of Honor is something that off and on I've been a fan of, you know, since like 2005. Though it's it's really sad for me to to watch them right now. Where, you know, I I followed them and I'm not gonna say supported them because I couldn't afford to, but you know, I I would you know I would watch them and I would at least you know promote them. You know, like like talk about how great they were in in that sense, like on the internet and stuff. Um, right. You know, I, I even you know taught, taught you into watching some of it before, but um, but you know I mean but I mean these days like, seeing how far they've fallen, I, I feel like they're in the worst position they've ever been. I mean, despite the fact that now you know their their parent promotion has all the old Fox networks and there's they're you know they're planning on putting them on there on streaming. I still feel like talent wise, booking wise. Um, yeah, and I agree. And they're, they just they don't have the talent that they've really found throughout the years. I and mean, what if you if you truly take a look at um, what Ring of Honor has been throughout the years, it's always been based on great wrestling, and they've always had great wrestling. They've always had those um, those guys that you couldn't see anywhere else who were superstars they were just waiting to be discovered i mean look at guys like um like nigel mcginnis austin aries Robert daniels uh it's, how many others can we come up with so, uh, samoa joe was there for a while uh, kevin owens Brian Daniels, are, you know, CM you know we can go on and on and on roderick strong i mean we're going to talk about him later tonight uh, it, it's they've had so many guys that have been just on the cusp of greatness throughout the years, and right now, who in their roster could you actually say that about the Briscoes? The Briscoes are beyond that cusp of greatness. They are great, but they're right now carrying a motion. Um, maybe Dragon Lee. Maybe like uh, I, I think Mark Haskins might be a little past his prime. Tracy Williams I, has never really done me. I, I just Jeff Cobb maybe. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say I was gonna add John those that list. You're right. You're right, and Shane Taylor is probably another one. It, it's but outside of those guys, is there really anybody? And even those guys, are there any of those guys that you would put on the Nigel McGuinness level, oh, or the or the Brian Danielson, or the Austin Aries, even when they were first getting started in? ring of honor jeff cobb might be the closest but i don't think he's on that level even close to that level yet he could be someday with the right tutelage and the right um people facing him i just don't know that he has the right talent to work with right now to do that i mean i think flip guy who could be phenomenal and and if you'll notice i'm kind of excluding marty Skrull from this and the main reason is because Marty Skrull is not the Ring of Honor right now. He's kind of a free agent, just playing the field, doing his free agent stuff. He's not really. So I'm kind of excluding him from this whole little rant. But well, how, there's how, how really, could you even include him if he was still under contract? I mean, for the last year and a half, they've squandered him. So they've squandered him, but that doesn't mean the talent's not still there. No, you know, Brody but, King. But if you're 
draw the talent out and use it properly, it doesn't matter if the talent's there or not. Yeah, that yeah, and I, I can't disagree with that. I mean, King and Matt Taven are Matt Taven's another guy who has all the talent, but he's thirty three years old. He's you know you very rarely we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. You very rarely see guys be superstars once they thirty range. A Batista might have asked him a true superstar after he hit thirty five years old. Wasn't Most Hulk of the guys past thirty years old when he was came a true superstar. No, no, was he? I'll have, I'll have to look I it mean, up. We'd have to look it up, but I, I don't think he was like you know in his in his twenties when he was the Hulkster. Was I mean, he? when he in eighty four. Oh yeah. God, I'll have to look it up. Just give me a second. I'll look it up here, um, but. I, I I don't know. I I will definitely have to look that up. Let me yeah, see. You know, I, I my my point of starting out was not was not to denigrate Ring of Honor. You know, it, it was simply to you know that we've we've strayed away from them, and you know I don't see us going back other than maybe for one or two matches here and there. Yeah, I and, and I, I I'm kind of the same way. Going to have the Briscoes in them, but but even their match at Rest at a final battle wasn't anything to write home about. And that first time, honestly, that I've seen a final battle and was disappointed leaving it. But I was also disappointed going into it. So, well, how could you not? Have been? Oh wow! I didn't know he was a musician in 1976. Hogan. Yeah. I knew he was a guitar player. I guess I just didn't realize that he was clarified as a musician. All right. He started in the WWF in 1979. He won the title in '84. Yeah. He was born in '53. Yes, he was 31. He was thirty-one. He was he wasn't past that thirty-five-year-old no, range. I think he was over thirty. But he was also a star in the making way before that. I mean, he was in Japan turning heads in in his mid in his late twenties. In um, you know, as Terry Bollea in the WWF before that, before he became the uh, All American Hulk Hogan. You know, he, and he had his run in AWA. So he was touted as a top star. In his twenties, right? No, my point was though that a lot of times people, your wrestlers, hit their prime when they're in their early thirties. You know? When they're in their early thirties, but they also have you a know, machine like, you behind know, you know, them. I would say Hogan was there. Steve Austin was in his early thirties. Uh, Ric Flair was in his. I mean, I realize he was a star when he was in his twenties, but really, he was, I think, in his early thirties when he when he became the Rick today. Well, know? yeah, because I mean, he was a multi-time champion by then, but he was he was not. He was not the nature boy until his mid thirties. No, I mean, I mean, Randy Savage would be the same way. I mean, I mean, it, it's really, it's really more modern times where young guys, because there's been like a system for them to, for them to kind of train in, tried early, like you know, like Randy Orton, Bach, um, or you know, or you know, Seth Rollins, maybe, um, you know, just an example of guys Ambrose. That, were that, you know, that that were or, on top of a, of, a, of a promotion or, or Roman Reigns, but. Mostly. Isn't, you know, it, but if you think about it, Jericho was in the ladies when he started to become a super superstar. He was what? He was in his mid. He became a super, um, a mega superstar. I mean, Moxley's only thirty-four years old. You could argue that Moxley has been a mega star for the last six years. You could argue he wasn't a world champion until he was sixteen, so he was still thirty-one at that time. Right, but I'm just saying you, we're with Taven. We're hitting. He's thirty-four years old. He's of a, I hate to say it, dying promotion. I just, 
I want to see Taven Ken and actually become something. I really, truly, I, honest to God, I do. He's, I love his in-ring talent, um, charisma, and character that really could ca- catch on and be something. I just think he's where he is. And I mean, how, how old is Marty? He's probably 32. Think that young? I do. 31. Yeah, so he, I mean, he's still got his, and he, but he's also a mega superstar where Matt Taven isn't. And I, and I hate, to, like I said, I love absolute favorites on the planet right now. I think in today's wrestling industry, if you're not a mega star by the time you're 33, you're probably never going to get there unless you get one of the big three promotions to really, really push the shit out of you. Yeah, you know, th- that that's interesting because um, what about somebody like Damian Priest? Because I think he's like 33 or 34, isn't he? And what was his, his punishment Martinez before, wasn't he? And he pushed like really strong on NXT. So could he be one of those guys like Batista that's like later in life becomes an actual superstar on top of a promotion? You know, he's got the charisma for it. He's yeah. Better, he's gotten better as a wrestler in NXT than he ever was in Ring of Honor. So. Well, and I thought he and was think, starting they, to come they, on. I think I think he's got a great gimmick too. I thought he'd really come on towards the end of his run. Oh, he Jesus, he's thirty-seven. Okay. I don't he's know if he's ever gonna. Then. Yeah, I don't know if he's. I I could see him maybe getting an NXT title run just because of his size and how good he is, but I can't see him ever becoming one of those. One of those guys where we look at him and go, "Holy shit, he's one of the greatest ever." I, I think we're, when you look at Batista, I, didn't Batista really start to make his run when he was like 38? Then? I believe so, yeah. I think he might be the last guy that you can honestly say that dude was a superstar before he, or you, and he, was, he became a superstar after he turned 40 years old. Well, he's 50 now. So <clears throat> he signed with the WWF in what, 2000? So that would have made him 30 years old. He really didn't make a splash until the end of um, the evolution period. Yeah, it was the beginning of 2005. It was the it was so, 2005, which was, was that 22 that he won the, no, 21, changed up Triple H. Okay, so yeah, that was 2005. So he would have been 35 when he first won the title. He became a superstar until he went to um, SmackDown later that year. So he might be the last true guy that will become a mega star and become and be looked at as one of the best in the you know in the industry after the age of 35. Yeah, how the hell do we even? That didn't. (laughs) I I think we were talking about Ring of Honor and and how they squandered people and um. Basically, Matt Taven is what actually, got me on that. I actually had, I actually had no, had no uh, inclination to start the show that way. Out. <laughs> Again, Wait, do we I, ever? What, what I wanted to talk about to start the show was something that Jeff betrayed me on almost two weeks ago. I did not which, betray you on shit. Which is Shayna Baszler losing the, the NXT Women's Championship to... Um, help me out here. Can't think of her name now. Uh, B. Pri- no, not B. Priestley. Yeah. Uh, not B. Priestley. B. Priestley is the one that's dating Osprey. Uh, Rhea Ripley. So, match over the last few days. Bad, finally. wasn't it? What's that? It wasn't as good as you thought it was going to be, was it? It wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. And But my point was going to be this. Um, 
I have no... Pr well, first of all, as Jeff and I have said before, um, the all-time women's champion of NXT forever and ever and ever after that should have been Shayna Baszler. She should have had, at the very least, like a Hulk Hogan-style run as the NXT Women's Championship. I, I agree with you, and, right. and I'm sorry to cut you off, and I'll let you get back to your point here in a second. I agree with you on that. I agree that she should have been that Hulk Hogan or that type of style, but you can't look past what uh, Sasha Banks did with that NXT title. Yes, I can. You but. can't. You just can't. <laughs> um, if someone was, was going to defeat her, down with it being Rhea Ripley. My problem with it isn't that Rhea Ripley, that she did it in where, um, you know, she was already, she had her, she had her hurt leg, and both of the other two horsewomen that came out there to, to help out, and she knocked them both out. Um, and so now that she's done that, First of all, there was no hero's journey for her. Like, it was, there was basically no obstacles for her. She's gone through everybody and everything. She's never been beaten down. She's never had... God, I'm glad you said that. She's never had to overcome... I mean, I mean, yes, she and Candice LeRae overcame two more odds at, at the... At the uh, War Games. Uh, War Games a, a few weeks ago. But they still won the match. It wasn't like she was beaten down or injured or... You know, I mean, she's been basically a dominant force since she moved from NXT UK over to NXT. So, is the struggle for her? Why am I cheering for her just because she beat Shayna Baszler and Shayna Baszler's evil? Um, I mean, she had to overcome anything. It, it, she basically Goldberged her way to the to the NXT Women Champion Women's Championship, and so a if she beat the most dominant Women's Champion in the history of that promotion, how how am I wrong and beat her? And secondly, what did she really accomplish if she if she didn't overcome anything to get there? You know. I was, um, I'm glad you said that. And the reason why is because I was actually kind of thinking the same thing. She garganoed without actually going through any mouth. She was that sympathetic Johnny Gargano type character who at the, in her match against, uh, against Shayna Baszler, she overcame all the odds. She overcame injuries. She, she was the ultimate underdog. And then she came back and won it. And instead of actually doing what they did with Johnny Gargano, where they built him up over years and years and years of struggles, instead what they did is they made her the champion. And this here in celebration in the middle of the ring where the ring filled up with fans and they made it like this huge deal. They basically tried to create Johnny Gargano in six weeks. Johnny Gargano combined with um, Daniel Bryan. Exactly, yeah. I mean, they tried to create something that in the past has been organically built daniel bryan and johnny gargano as much as you i know you hate the gargano character and the fact that he always overcome all that but you have to admit he got over organically and so did the johnny gargano character his performances in the ring because i i because he because he finished a, a dramatic moment yeah i can see that i'll give you that but it, it's it, it it just seemed to me like when I watched that match, and I remember watching it because I, I watched it live while we were on the show, and I'm uh, kind of not to comment on it, but the end that ending with the ring filling up with all the fans that pissed me off so much that I would because they like you said they tried to create that that Gargano Daniel Bryan character without really making her go through any kind of struggles. Yeah, it was completely artificial. 
I mean, I mean, right. it, was, it wasn't like it'd been months of Shayna Baszler beating her down or, you know, she, she hadn't been hitting, hitting the pipe with the back of the leg like, you know, like uh, Hogan was with the, with the flare thing. I mean, none of that shit. It was she just, didn't. She, she ran through the entire promotion. She didn't have the man against her calling her a B plus player. She didn't have the, um, you know, she didn't have the struggles of starting off on a on a as a lower mid carder and working her way up. She came in at the top of the promotion and ran through the promotion and became the champion. And we're supposed to love her for it. And she was even she was even the I think I think if I'm not mistaken the only person that won her match at both War Games and Survivor Series. I'm not gonna lie. I love her. I think she's incredible talent. Oh, I'm a big fan just, of hers. I just don't like. I just don't know why. You know why she is a sympathetic figure that just people to everybody. Especially when she was an asshole when she was in NXT UK. Right. <laughs> you know that that'd be like taking coffee and making him the most sympathetic character on the NXT roster. You can't do it, but they somehow tried to do it. Yeah. And they exactly. and. It, it, Unfortunately, it's going to be a Roman Rollins situation. The fans are going to see through it, and they're going to turn on her. And yeah, she's going to have to. It's odd to me, but I, but I mean, it's, it certainly felt like. I mean, I, I certainly felt like she should have lost this match to Baszler, you know, through through cheating, and then had to fight her way back up, and then and then won the championship at a takeover. Right. I, I thought that was a wasted match on a free TV show. Um, and then you know, and then W. And I'm I'm sorry to get into politics here and shit and wwe comes in and starts bragging about how they they won that that week on against nxt and how they're they be finally beat them in the ratings war well yeah when you give away three pay-per-view style matches on one show and then have you know somebody actually from the most female wrestler on the roster in the last jesus five years of course you're going to win the rating it's the same thing when WCW finally got that one up on WWE after having, uh, you know, after finally losing the battle when they had Goldberg versus Hogan on free TV. It, it's a, it's something that's not sustainable. It's you can't, you can't sustain that kind of excitement. Of course, you can give those one offs, but you can't sustain that. No. What you need to do is start giving us better products week in and week out. Just saying. Yeah, and, and you know that's the thing is that you and I clearly don't feel like NXT is as good a product as AEW. No, it's not. I I've gone back and watched it's, them. It's, it's way, you know, and I've said this before, and and I know there's people that are, gonna, that, are that enjoy this, and the, and this may, and you know, there's certainly a possibility. Um, there always has been that NXT is going to win the war against, um, or you know. I hope it's not even a war. I hope, I hope it's not the side where like one side completely loses. But I mean, it's always been a, because of the of the WWE driving machine behind them. NXT was going to be better than was going to end up winning the ratings against AEW. But well, and you know, Tony Khan's big mouth is going to push people off occasionally too. But the thing is that NXT is way too polished. You know, yep. there's there's no flaws. Um, and to me, it's just something where I cannot, um, you know, I, I, I can't get into it because I watch these, these people and, and their, their timing is so perfect and everything, everything is like rote. Okay, we're going to do this now and now we're going to do this and now we're going to do that. And it, and it well, seems you, like, and, it, and it's all formulaic to me. I'm going to give you credit here, which is something I don't rarely, I rarely ever do because you're kind of an asshole. But, I really um, am. You called it the week before it debuted. It was the second week of NXT on 
USA at spot where Pete Dunn got beat. And they went through the whole dramatics of him laying on the floor on the ring mat, looking back at his competitor all downtrodden and all that perfect WWE formula. And you called it then. And I think that's when I kind of looked at it, too, and said, all right, jump the shark. In even my that, eyes. Even that first week where it was all on, on USA, how it ended with that big riot, you know? That was oh, like yeah. WWE the, booking 101 right there. Well, and then the week before that one, it was uh, all the uh, era winning all the gold and all that stuff. I mean, it was just, it's been the perfect WWE formula ever since. And as much as, you know, we look at the money and the talent and everything in AEW, they are doing a great job of creating stars. Like, we didn't come into this thinking that this Austrian chick, and I can't even think of her name now, um, the blonde, something like that. What's her name? But we didn't, regardless, we didn't think of her being, we, we didn't even know her name five weeks ago. Now she is an organic superstar who is on the cusp of becoming the next champion. You know, and she gets her title shot in two weeks and all this stuff. You know, there's another guy. We never thought of Darby Allen. I, I, I remember when you first told me that Cody was facing Darby Allen. I'm like, who the fuck is that guy? Oh, he's one of my favorite wrestlers out there. Yeah, and they're doing, they might be missing with the Dark Order, but they're doing a great job of creating talent. And I don't see that out of WWE. I see WWE and NXT pushing the talent that they have and not really creating that next wave of stars. And I remember when we were talking about this before AEW even started, and everyone's like, you got to add this guy to the roster. you got to add that guy to the roster and bring in this person, that person. I'm like, wait, hold up. Let's do what AEW looks like. They're going to a great mix of stars, superstars, main, uh, you know, upper-tier main eventer, or uh, main eventers and upper-tier mid-carders. Let's mix in some of these unknown people, like the Joey Janellas, like the, you know, um, uh, the Rihos, and you know people like that. Let's make and make them stars. And I think they're doing a great job of doing that. Yeah, you know the one guy that announced for the promotion, and he I think he double or nothing, and now he's signed with Impact. I thought would have been a huge get for them, and he just needed to be groomed the right way and and booked completely opposite the way he ever has been to this point that I've seen. Is <coughs> other than that. Other than that guy who I thought they already did have, I, I don't look at that roster and think they're missing this guy. They're missing that guy. No, they got what they need right now. Well, and I, and I said that from the start. I mean, I see them adding some big pieces here and there. Earl would be at, at this point. I think he would bring a lot to the upper mid card. Who was that? I just don't. Uh, Marty Skrull. Okay. I just don't think that he's the type of guy that's going to be the main event. I don't know who out there is that type of guy that's available. Other than maybe an Austin Aries, but after his run in MLW? <laughs> no, I mean, Austin Aries clearly has, has lost a bit of a step, and that's fine. I mean, he, he was the you know he was the best, one of the best wrestlers on the planet for years. I still think he is. Do you? Yeah, I, I mean, his matches in MLW have been almost flawless. It's the fact that he's been so under-promoted. I mean, he's had matches in six months in MLW. And two of them were against nobodies. And then he went out and he put on a clinic in one of the best matches of the night against Teddy Hart and then disappeared again. I, I think his mic was still top notch. I think he could walk in, but I think he kind of pigeonholed himself by saying that he never wants to go after a, a heavyweight title again. 
saying that he, you know, he's not 214 pounds. He's 204 pounds or whatever, and he should be a middleweight, and he's going to go after middleweight titles and things like that. And then he loses to Teddy Hart, and then just he's gone. Yeah, but but he pigeoned, but but he said that on MLW, which you know we were some of the few people that watch it. So I mean, did he really pigeon yeah, himself by doing that? Well, he did. To me, he did. Jackass, I love you, Austin. If you if you are truly living, you know that right. All right. So, we so the main I, event? why is it I have a feeling we're not going to actually get to the Ring of Honor show again this week? <laughs> <laughs> I think you might be and, right about that. Anyway, um, we got a lot to get to on the NJPW show. I kind of want to go briefly over this, just quick, and then we'll do kind of a show-by-show show burn. There's a couple things that I'm really, really excited to see. And one major, um, like Moxley, I'm so looking forward to that. Takahashi back in the ring, almost jittery. I love it. You know, we're getting White versus Naito and Okada versus Abu. And all four of these wrestlers who are probably the top four in the promotion right now. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I don't see how you can disagree with that, actually. I mean, outside of Osprey, I think White, Naito, Okada, and Ibushi are probably the top four in the promotion, and we get them on back-to-back nights. I think that's huge. Um, no, I, I love the. I, I, I do want to point out that I'm, I know that you and I are not going to agree with this, but there's going to be people out there that say Roshi Tanahashi is still one of the top four guys in the promotion. I, I can't. I'm stuck him a lot more than I did a year ago, and and especially two years ago. But I just don't think that star power. I mean, he he's got that. I can't believe I'm going to say this. He's got that Chris Jericho power. He's got that star power where you're gonna he's gonna sell by name. But is he that guy that you can trust night in and night out to give you a five star classic like you do those other four? Night in, night out, nobody. But he's always capable of delivering one. He is, and so is Jericho. But Jericho is that guy that is right now, as great as they are still in the ring at times, they're more of a, uh, a name value than they are an actual in-ring performance value. Jericho, and I mean, I, it's hard to say it it's because we, with the language barrier and the fact that uh, NJPW doesn't really do a whole lot of promo, uh, promos in the ring and stuff like that, where Jericho, I think Jericho's value is not the fact that he's the champion and putting on five-star classics every night. I think it's the fact that he's a mentor to these young guys. He's got this great stable going, and he's still one of the best talkers in the business. If he didn't have those two things, I really think that he would he would struggle to find a spot. And it's not because he's not talented. It's because he's just at that age where he can go out there week in and week out and put on a five-star classic. I don't know when the last time I saw him. It's probably been a year and a half since I saw him in a five-star match. Yeah, I would say um, against Omega two years well, ago at Wrestle Kingdom. Well, I would have, I'd love to match with at Dominion that year. God, that was good, too. Which, coincidentally, yeah. it's also the last time we saw Wilkashi. And we get to see Takahashi again. I'm so excited to see him in the ring again. I can't even, even tell you. I'm like half in the making, dude. I am giddy smashed. I, I think this match could literally steal both nights. Absolutely. And I love the fact that we get again. That's going to be a great, great match because those two have had an amazing run here in the last, what, four or five months. That match they had at Kobe 
is Stivers. In fact, if I had to pick match of the year, that would definitely be in my top five. I thought that match was such a great – it wasn't that it was – okay, it was. It was a great match. It was a five-star wrestling match, but it was also a five-star performance by both guys getting their characters over. Absolutely. It, it's – we look at it. We look at, oh, Cody versus Dustin, that emotional classic, and you know all, all these ladder matches and gimmick matches we had with the Bucks and Lucha Brothers and, and – um, you know, God, uh, the Briscoes, and all these matches throughout the year that have been that have been classics. I don't know in my eyes that there was a better match than White versus Naito at Kobe. Such a great character performance by both guys, especially White, but both guys. Such a great in-ring story tell, uh, that was told. It was just this to me was a perfect match, and at the time finding anyone better this year. The only match in New Japan this year that I heard than that was Sonata versus Suzuki. That was a good match too. Um, you know that 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 match to me was absolutely fantastic. Um, and, I mean, and, the, and yeah, I mean, there's other there's other matches in other promotions I think is are better than White versus Naito, but but not many of them. Cody versus Dustin is. I loved that match between Tessa Bland and Callahan. The first one. The first one, and I okay. loved the match from. Uh, still, the first ever takeover UK. That match between Pete Dunne and um, Joe Coffey. Joe Coffey was absolutely phenomenal to me. And then uh, and that there ma- was that the match. match people torn down the middle on it. I thought it was overdone, but I loved. No, that was a that was an amazing match, and that's why I'm saying it's it's when I look at this, I look at this as almost a perfect match. But this year we've had so many great matches. I just there was. I, I would have to go back you know, and look at them. And I have, but it doesn't feel like there's as many stand out as last year's. You know? <laughs> no, that's true. I mean, and when you look at the standout matches, most of them have been uh, Osprey. Yeah. You know, which is why he was. Yep. Which is why he was our you know number two wrestler of the year. But um, I don't. There was just so much. I there was so much to like Naito, and I'm looking forward to that match too. And I, I and then Kota versus Ibushi. You got the top four guys in the top two matches fighting for the main event on the next night. And don't forget how much you and I liked White versus Okada at uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom last year. You know, in a 14-minute match. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe we can... Uh, one way better with the, um, their matching card. God, and I hate to do this, but I talked about this earlier today, so I'm going to divert a little bit, just, and then we'll get right back to this, but... We talked about this. You, you and I gave our top four. We couldn't decide on top five, but we kind of gave our top four last week. Um, where you know our number one guy this year was Sammy, and number two was Osprey. Uh, for me, um, you know, number four we kind of went back and forth on, and especially number five couldn't agree on. Mm-hmm. And I think your number three was white too, wasn't it? You know, and then number, I, I think you know, and then there was just a slew of guys fighting for that fourth, fifth, and sixth spot. Um, you know, you Sonata, and you mentioned Okada. I mentioned El Fantasmo, and you know, there's so many guys. And but I, I watched. You had Cody too, and and I'm not going to disagree with Cody. I thought Cody has had pr- great performance after great performance. I just think his body of work hasn't been there. Like well, a guy like Moxley, who tore up New Japan the beginning part of this year. The beginning part of this year? No, it was like. Well, the middle like part August, of this year. Dude. Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't. It was. June wasn't it? It was before. It was right after the MSG show, which was what 
June or May? No, he he was there for. Oh no, he was there. He was at Dominion too, wasn't he? Yeah, That's right. he, yeah, he was at Dominion. Okay, because he beat Juice in Dominion, which I know I dogged no, that no, match. No, he beat Juice. He beat Juice on the last night of the New Japan of the uh, Best of Super Juniors, actually. Okay, yeah. So since May. Yeah. Because he had the first, he had the it first four months in really WWE. Thought, yeah. Four months in WWE. Then he spent that that middle stretch in. Uh, in New Japan, and then he was in AEW, and you know, year two. And his, and as much as I've hated, as much as I hated that match at the beginning of the, um, when I first saw it, I've gone back and watched it since. Those guys put on a hell of a match, and I want to see them again. Juice versus Moxley. Wait a minute, I, I have to ask you a question about Moxley, though. Okay. He had that great hardcore match against Joey Janela, right? Mm-hmm. And then he had his hardcore match of all time against Kenny Omega. Now, uh, still... Both of those were unsanctioned. Are we allowed to consider them? Fuck yes. <laughs> then, then, yeah, then definitely John Moxley deserves to be in the top five for the rest of the year. But can, is, is that really the greatest hardcore match of all time after we saw what uh, Mance and Sammy did? I, I can't go back and rewatch it because I just can't. Because of the tongue with... spot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it makes sense. All right. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty brutal. But seriously, if you remember when we first watched that, we were both talking about how that's the greatest hardcore match we've ever seen. And yeah, but but, then, but yeah, you're right. Moxley versus Omega was really really good too. Well, you know, I, you know, I I I I constantly do things like this, and and uh, and I pick out moments where I think a match became better than another match. And to me, that spot with um, Moxley having to crawl through. The barbed, sorry, through the glass, shattered glass table to get to the ropes out of the sharpshooter. That to me, God, moment. That was such a great moment. Yeah, Psycho, such a psychologically sound spot, you know. Yeah, yeah, and you don't get that much in wrestling these days. Right. And that's and that's why to me it's the best. But the reason I bring this up is because I watched the one top ten wrestlers of the year. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were some notable people that were missing from that. Yeah, uh, Jay White. Yeah, so why don't, why don't you go down what the list is? Since I didn't. I, and I, to be honest, I haven't looked it up, and I'm just kind of freestyling it. But there were some people that we've talked about. There's some people that we didn't. Um, didn't make the list. Uh, Okada did. And that's one of the guys I want to talk about. Jay White didn't make the list. Sammy Callahan didn't make the list. That I they had, at all. I understand how Sammy Callahan cannot be on that list. I think because because of the situation you and I are in, we put a lot more value on... you got to think about This is what culture. Uh, biggest promotions. They're not talking about uh, Impact MLW. They're not talking about all of these other independent promotions they're talking about the big three they're talking about wwf they're talking about aew and they're talking about that's who they talk about so people like sammy callahan are going to fly under the radar for you and me we are so all over the map and if it's good wrestling we're going to watch it regardless of what the promotion is which is why we got sucked into mlw which is why i got sucked into defiant because there was some great performer is why can i interrupt you just for a second you can always interrupt me. If that's, what, if that's what what culture is doing, they're not doing their job. Exactly. That's why you have they have us. That's why all of you people that the three of you that listen have us. 
is to give you all the rest of the promotions. But, I mean, it, it kind of running down, just I, I'm thinking of these off the top of my head, and I didn't write them down. I, I don't have a list in front of me, but they had Cody, which it's hard to argue against Cody. Um, my whole issue with Cody is he didn't have the body of work that he had last year because he took the first six months off. Um, they had Kota Ibushi again. I can't argue with that simply because he was so, so good in the matches he did. And I mean, it was on this show when we were complaining, when I was complaining about how he needs to stop wrestling Naito because he's going to kill himself, you know, taking those crazy head and neck bumps. But ultimately that is what has led him to the top of the promotion. Like it has is what he did in those matches. And, they sold those to to such perfection that even I was sitting here going, what the fuck? Don't ever do that again. You know, they had, uh, um, trying to think of some of the other guys on that list. Hard to argue with that, but I haven't watched enough WWF to really say yes or no. Um, I'm trying to find the list and I can't find it anywhere. It was a YouTube thing, so you're probably not going to actually find the list. You'd probably have to watch the YouTube 10-minute YouTube clip. The two that really stuck out to me, and you know, we had Osprey in our, we both, you and I both had Osprey at two, and we both had Sammy at one and Osprey at two, varied from there. But um, they had Osprey at number one. The guy they had at number two, and this is the one that brought me to this discussion, and I thought about it because we just were talking about one of the top four pillars in NJPW, was Okada. Now, when you look at Okada's year, yes, he has had a hell of a year. He's five-star classic after five-star classic. We agree with his MSG booking from a decision or white because it was kind of a reset for you. And for me, it's like too short of a run for white. Um, so we had our issues there. And, you know, there's been other things. But the thing that I'm, I want to talk about and the reason I'm bringing this up is because Kazuchika Okada has become that AJ Styles, that John Cena, that, Jesus, Ric Flair, where they're so, so good every single year that when it comes down, when it comes time to talking about the best wrestlers in the world, you and I don't really give them the kind of love that they deserve. I mean, we expect a certain level of performance out of Okada at this point. So when we're looking at our top five of the year, Neither you or I really mentioned Okada. And if you look at his matches throughout the year, he's definitely had a top tier. Now, see, here's my thing. It's, it's not only that. It's not only that I, you know, they take him for granted because of that, but it's also because I feel like he's, he's a big part of NJPW pressing that reset button this year. You know, I, I, feel, yeah. like, I feel like we're 2017 Okada, not 2019 Okada. But when you... And... and Part of me is at the same point, I'm also kind of disagreeing with you because I think there's certain guys that are just so talented at what they do that we're always going to look at them as that 2014 A Styles. That two, uh, uh, um, John Cena, that 2009 A Orton, that, you know, where they're just so, so good at what they do that we can't get into what they do. And we're looking at the next guy going, oh, yeah, that guy stepped up. That guy is having a hell of a year. That guy, oh, Okada? Yeah, shit. He did this last year. He did it the year before. He did it the year before that. 
it, it just we we get to a point with these guys where we're looking at them going eh. He does it all the time, so we we kind of don't appreciate it the way we should. Where Okada is that kind of guy like um, Mike Trout in the NBA, uh, like Joe Montana was and Dan Marino were back in the 80s and early 90s. In the, they're so good. Michael Jordan is another perfect example in the 90s, 80s and 90s. Well, 90s, um, where they're so good and they are always in that running for MVP. That we kind of take them for granted, and we don't, and we overlook them. There are other guys who are like, "Oh, that guy's got a little flash of brilliance there. He's great. We saw this last year." But this guy over here, does that make sense at all? No, <laughs> what I, I just I said. I understand totally what you're saying, and I and I agree with that. Uh, this, but on the other hand, when I pick my top wrestlers in the year, it's also going to be somebody that grabs me. You know, Kata has not grabbed me for years. Yeah, and, and that makes and, sense. And, and I get I, that. And, and I believe he hasn't grabbed me because, again, I feel like I've seen everything with Okada. I feel like there's no place left for him to go in NJPW unless it's going to be where he turns heel and he's a completely different character than he is now. <laughs> and that's exactly what I'm saying. He is so good at what he does that nothing turns our head anymore. So we go after the guy that turns our head. Yeah, but but I mean, that's also like I you know, Okada matches except for cheering for him to lose against Sonata. Or I'll be cheering for him to lose against Kota Ibushi on January 4th. No, 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 no. Well, that actually, now we can segue back to this because we can actually get it done here. But that kind of segues me back. We talked about my positives here, things I'm looking for, I want to see. Um, I really like the stipulation with Tanahashi and Jericho where if Tanahashi wins, he gets that AEW title shot down the line. I think, oh yeah, yeah. It was on, it was on Jericho's Instagram. Okay. It was said by Tony Khan. So, um, if Tanahashi Instagram, does win this, yeah, I'm bored a lot. You know, I live alone. I okay. I'm not dating anymore because I hate people. Um, <laughs> it's just me, and my cat. You know, every other week, my kid. So, the week I don't have my kid, I, I look at social media. So, anyway, Tanahashi, he wins. Uh, gets a title shot down the line. So, those are the uh, good... I, speaking of Hiroshi Tanahashi, he's actually on Re- What Culture's list for top 10 wrestlers of the year. Yes. He is. I agree. 100%. And one of the guys that I kind of locked out really didn't believe it. And I love Phoenix, but Phoenix is also on that list. And I, and I, and I don't get that, unless he just had a, a much better run in... Triple you gotta watch. Or, you got to watch the video. If you watch, the, if you watch the video, you will believe in the Phoenix pick. You found I'm the watching, list. I'm Where'd watching you find? Too, oh, you are okay. Okay, good. I do with Phoenix. I think Phoenix does deserve to be in the top ten. I think he was placed at what six or was it five? Nine. Not. Oh, it was nine. It was that low. Who was ten? Cody. Yeah, and I can't disagree with Cody being at ten. I think Cody has had a hell of a year. Like I said, his match against Dustin. His match against Darby Allen, his match against uh, against um, Jericho, I thought were all phenomenal, fantastic matches. I just, for me, he hasn't had the body work to be in my top five, but I can't argue. With I think Phoenix does definitely deserves to be there. Okay. I really, I, I just because you, both you and I are just astonished at what he can do in the ring. Right, but but I've seen him this year almost exclusively in the tag, in tag team settings. Yeah, but we've seen him in three different promotions. And here I am. Four. And, and here I, 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 
I just realized how ridiculous I was going to say that when we had Matt Jackson as our wrestler of the year last year. Right, exactly. <laughs> but we've also seen four different promotions. He's been the highlight of every, every single match he's been in. And you can't argue against his what he did against Nick Jackson. I mean, what he did against Nick Jackson, I think actually should put him at like number six or seven, to be honest with you. I, Who did they have? A, that was one match, dude. That was one match, but when you compile that with everything else he's done and capable of doing it, we saw him in singles matches against Airwolf, match against Airwolf and MLW. That was like an instant classic when you put Airwolf over. Adam Cole's on this list. That was where I was starting to get a little sketchy. I love Adam Cole, but I can't put Adam Cole against ahead of Gargano. Ahead and of they what? did ahead of Gargano. I wouldn't. Put, I wouldn't have put either one of them. Like Me either. But if you're gonna if you're gonna pick one of the NXT guys, I would have went with Matt Riddle. Yeah, I, I don't. I I don't get the Adam Cole thing. I, I think Adam Cole might have been the third best NXT guy behind Matt Riddle and Johnny Gargano this year. I mean, I get where they're going, and I understand what they're talking about, him being the champion and him being this sleazy, scummy, facial expressions, blah, blah, blah. If you're going to pick an NXT guy as to put in that top ten, it's got to be Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle from nowhere. The beginning of the year, both you and I hated him. Absolutely hated the guy. And he won a, he won me over in that match against Drew Gulak, and then we just deliver every single time out after after that. I might even have Adam Cole a fantastic year until he got injured. God, seeing I I was never a fan of Velveteen. Never. I I just haven't bought it, bought into his character yet. See, I thought I thought it was I thought it was only like the smoke and mirrors in that one episode that started really enjoyed him before that. I started to like his performance. I loved what he did against Geno. But then when he came out the next week and laid an egg, I, I was off him immediately. And then I started to think, well, maybe it was more Johnny Gargano. And then when he lost to Roderick Strong, it, it I don't know. I just, he hasn't been one of my favorites. I, I'm not bought. I haven't bought into his character yet. I haven't bought into his style yet. I think he has all the potential in the world. I just think he needs to calm down his um, adorable Adrian Adonisness. <laughs> you know, what, right, do you understand sure. what I'm saying when I say that? I do. Okay, good. At least you do. No one else might, but you do. You know what? We're an hour into the show, and we barely talked about Wrestle Kingdom so far. No, I know. What the fuck's wrong with me? <laughs> this is why Imp and I are going to have a babble fest, and you're down about 6 a.m. All right. So the first night, the first three matches are all, like, eight-man tags. So I, th- I don't think we care about those. Well, um, it starts to get good at um, match number six. But that's the problem. Six? And that was, Yeah. Well, because I'm looking at the day and the pre-shows. Um, so, third, the third match of the actual card. Okay, which match eight, are you talking about? Uh, L.I.J. versus Suzuki-Gon. 
We've got Evil Sonata, uh, Shingo Takagi. Oh, and list two of the top ten. Um, Shingo and, and Bush versus Suzuki, Taichi, ZSJ, and El Desperado. Well, you know, you know what the problem with that match is? Is it's got Suzuki in it. I fucking love Suzuki. And it's I just... I see, and, and I'm just not into eight-man tags unless they're elimination style. Yeah, and then after that, we got Chaos versus Bullet Club, which is kind of a, yeah. But the thing, the one thing, and this was my negative. I, we, you know, the other negative. My one negative here is this is Jushin Thunder Liger's final two shows of his wrestling career. I am okay with him in an eight-man tag on night one. Rest the guy. In night two, it pisses me off that he's in a tag team match with Sano versus uh, Ryo Lee and Takahashi. Why is he not in a one-on-one match with Takahashi, whether it's for the t- whether Takahashi wins a title the night before or not? Liger versus Takahashi is the torchment that they could have had. Why is that not a one-on-one match? Why is it not Liger versus Takahashi? Takahashi two years ago, a year and a half ago, was it a year ago? When did he get injured? A year and a half ago. So it was a year and a half ago we were talking about him as the greatest junior heavyweight of all time. We literally were saying that. He was putting on classic after classic after classic. And if he had not gotten injured, I don't know that Osprey would have ever gotten to the heights that he got to. So... Why are we not having a passing of the torch match in a one-on-one match between Liger and Takahashi? You know, for all intents and purposes, didn't Liger already have his retirement match against Suzuki? But we also knew he was going to continue on to Wrestle Kingdom. I know, so but it I didn't. his big going-out match was against <clears throat> Suzuki. That was three months ago. It doesn't count. Well, I'm just saying, I mean, that was really, to me, was a much better send-off for him and... That should and that and if that wasn't going to be against Takashi, then against him at Wrestle Kingdom, not this, not these two not tag, tag matches. matches you know? He should not tag match on his final match. Plain and simple. I, I'm fine with the eight man in night one, but night two that should not be a tag match. I don't care if it's against Suzuki Takahashi, who it is. I would have loved to see uh, Liger against Takahashi or even Liger against Osprey on his send off match is kind of a passing of the match. But to have him in a tag match? Come on. You know, these shows have a lot on them. You know, they, yes, they do. They, 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 have, really do. They, have, they have Chris Jericho and John Moxley coming back to NJPW. They have, Which I think is awesome, by the way. They have Kota Ibushi finally wrestling in the main event at Wrestle Kingdom for the, for the World Championship. And then on night two, they're going to combine the Intercontinental title and, and IWGB heavyweight titles in a... Um, in a title versus title match, but still and all, shockingly, Jeff, what I'm most excited for on these shows is oh, that please tell me, please Sonata tell me. is finally wrestling for a singles championship at Wrestle Kingdom. I know. I'm, I'm excited, too. <laughs> it's just awesome. I mean, I, and I realize that it's not an NJ, NJP, but really, the British has become... Um, you know, by default, an NJPW championship. Well, because Rev Pro is just an extension of NJPW at this point. Exactly. I mean, is is Fantasmo still the champ, uh, junior or the um, the junior champ? champ? Yeah, cruiserweight champ. Uh, but I don't follow that. 
I just can't. So much wrestling. And, you know, as much as we kind of got off the rails this year and as much as I liked it, um, and I'm not going to lie, I did like it, and I'm still going to watch NWA here and there at pay-per-views and MLW here and stuff and, you know, other promotions here and there. But I think one thing that you and I kind of got off the rails on this year was all the promotions we watched. I really think we need to get back to focusing on the two big ones, which at this point is NJPW and AEW. I need too much of NJPW this year. Well, I really do. It's AEW Impact on a weekly basis, then JPW on a more of, more of like a monthly basis. Yeah, I'm cool with that. I'm, although, <sighs> I know how much you're liking Impact. And I love a lot of the characters. Like, Austin Aries is one of my favorites. Sammy, of course, my number Austin one Aries, guy of the year. Not Austin Aries, I'm sorry. Ace Austin. Um, you know, I love the I love the Golden Draw. I love, uh, you know, I love Tessa. I love, I love Taya and what she does. The North? I love the North. I, I, I love, you know, there's so much of it to love. ECW right now, the ECW. It, I, I swear to God, when Rob Van Dam shows up on my TV, I want to jam a thumb in my eye. Katie Forbes. Oh, she's hot as worst, hell. Is the worst character wrestling <clears throat> this year, and she's only been on the she, scene for like three weeks. <laughs> she's hot as hell. She she's needs to shut her mouth. She needs to shut her mouth. She's horrible. She when she grabs her ass and her tits all freaking time, she's out there too. Well, in this last, I, I just watched the uh, the last actual episode they had before their best of show. She was talking about, he's the man of my dreams, and he makes me scream. And I literally wanted to jam a thumb in my eye just so I couldn't more because it was that brutal. I'm so sick of the ECW guys. They need to hurry up and buy a Ring of Honor and bring in some of that talent because I can't I can't do the ECW stuff. I love Don Callis. I love RVD when back in the day. I hate his new character. His new character drives me up a wall. I, I I'm kind of hit and miss on Tommy Dreamer. I love what Rhino did this week against Moose, or this last one I watched against Moose. But God, I. I can't do the ECW stuff anymore. Anyway, so back you know to what, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you on on, on on some of it. Like like RBD doesn't need to be there anymore. Tommy Dream is best when he's in a non wrestling role, but I love his character. Um, but I, Rhino I, Rhino I think is great. Oh, you know, Rhino is amazing. Anyway, and I and I really wish you know Sabu coming back in a one off last year was kind of annoying. Um, I don't like Johnny Swinger being back. Um, and Ken, Shamrock, Ken Shamrock can go away in too, and I know yeah. he's not a former ECW guy, but he's definitely a, a legend. You know, I don't mind Rhino. In fact, I just wish Rhino would have been that guy that would have ever gotten the run he deserved in any promotion he was ever in, including T. I don't think Rhino ever got the run he deserved. No, I mean, he not. was. You know, I, I once wrote a column about how great. Him winning championship of balance at 2000. Right. And then, like, three days later, he lost the title back in a TV taping to Jeff Jarrett. But it was also... It was one of the most deflating things I've ever seen. It was also for Rhino. That was about 10 years too late. 
he should have been in. I remember reading this thing about uh, WWF back in uh, was two, 02, 03, where they were talking about uh, the backstage notes. And it was uh, when Paul Heyman first came over and he was kind of the one of the head writers for uh, for both Raw and SmackDown. It was before he went to just straight SmackDown. And they kept asking him, Paul, what do you think? Rhino. Paul, who should be the champion? Rhino. Paul, who should be the tag team? Rhino. Paul, who should be the intercom? Rhino. Who should be the U- Rhino? And it was like, you look back at Rhino in the early, late 90s, early 2000s. That man should have been much, much bigger than he was, because well, he was so talented. Well, you know what you just told me? You just told me who killed Rhino's career, right? It was Paul Heyman, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, Vince McMahon famously, if he, somebody keeps running somebody up on him, he's going to stop. He ran him down. Basically. You know, I, I, think, I think one guy, I think the one guy that I've heard of that, that didn't happen with is John Cena. It's what killed Wade Barrett. But killed Wade Barrett, it's what, is what... Stunned his CM Punk's early career. And Randy Orton in the beginning, too. And yeah. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, it just, when you when you think about talented he was, he could have easily been one of those pillars. And the fact that he is still as good as he is is just mind-boggling. And he was stuck in, what, a tag team role his last run in WWF? Yeah, he was one of the first team champions, along with Heath Slater, remember? He was stuck in a comedy tag team role <laughs> in WWF? No, it was not a comedy tag team. They were no, wrestling it, to save Heath Slater's family. He his had to kids. His kids. He, Heath had kids. That's right. You're right. You're right. You're right. My bad. <laughs> now, now, the greatest story would be if Rhino actually ate Heath's kids. You know. That would have made more sense. <laughs> It really would have. <laughs> anyway, okay, so right, let's so, go back so, to night one. So, so what do you think about this, we, um, the fact that Robinson is wrestling for championships on back-to-back nights? I fucking hate Juice Robinson. <laughs> Again? I'm back to hating him. I was starting to come around on him, but after what he did in Ring of Honor, we're in this lifeblood fucking whatever, and then just disappeared? Seriously? You brought in a new faction into what at that time was one of our favorite promotions and then just walked out on him. It really got any traction, though. It did after he left. Oh. But then when Flip turned on them, then it just kind of died. Ring of Honor. I'm pretty sure we're not going to get that Ring of Honor show in tonight. Yeah, probably not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to rewatch it. When do we want to do that? When are we going to do that? We got to get that show, by the way. What's that? That was a great way. It, it was one of those reasons why um, when you and I first started talking about what we're going to do, you can look back at that uh, um, ninth anniversary show and go, that's why we chose Ring of Honor. It was just top to bottom. It was great. Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, but we got to do it exclusively for Ryan. <laughs> Maybe later this week. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what we can get after. All right. So, night one. To the real matches. Yeah. G.O.D. versus Finn Juice. You know how I feel about G.O.D. So I'm, I'm, and you know what? I don't even like Finn Juice that much. I mean, I really have no dog in this fight whatsoever. I would, I don't I would love I don't to care. see 
One way or the other, I don't give a yeah, shit. I'd love to see, you know, G.O.D. lose the tag titles, but they're just going to win them back in another month or two anyway, so what's the big, what difference does it make? To be honest, I don't care. I hope both these teams run headfirst in the walls, knock each other out, and just fucking end. I, I, for the time I was a G.O.D. fan, I, I loved their charismance, but after their, their feud against uh, Briscoes, I'm just done with them. Um, fin juice. Is, is, this, I, is this time for my twice a year rant about how NJPW should get rid of the junior heavyweight tag titles and there should just be one tag division? Except for the fact that this, this is the heavyweight belts. I know. But Although, I'm saying, but I'm saying, you know, you know, they they've got so few teams in that division, they could easily right. just consolidate the divisions, and then we say, we see that every year, at least twice a year, it seems like. And and the guys that are on top of the division, they're juniors. Would be great team title holders. Both of those teams are great tag team title holders. Wait, hold on. Wait, wait. What? What are you coming to the Rapungi Three K side? I'm just saying that they're both better than God. They're both better than Finn Juice. Ah, good point. I like David Finley though. I don't think. I don't think David Finley has ever gotten the run that he deserves. I like Juice also. I know you don't, but I mean, I to me, to me, David Finley is is a great. Could be a great jobber to the stars type guy or a lower mid card guy. I don't I don't see him ever being even somebody in the never title level. Not in the never title level, but I could see him as the intercontinental title level. I to me what? personally I have al- above the never dude. I have always put the never title ahead of the intercontinental. In my so mind you're that's me just that Goto was better than Naito. I'm talking about, and you know, that guy that I'm disappointed is not a part of this goddamn card. Who's that? Shibata. Yeah, you know, we really thought we were going to see Shibata versus Kenta, didn't we? Yes, we did. And the fact that Kenta is in, what, one take in against Goto? Seriously? Just not, I'm not buying it. Kenta versus Goto, we've seen a couple of times already, and I'm not, I'm not really that on that. We're hoping, re- really hoping for that Kenta versus Shibata for the Never title. Really hoping for that. He just kind of went away, and maybe it's because we haven't been watching as much as we probably should have, but there was really no payoff to his to Kenta's turn. Because the big payoff was, uh, him, was uh, Shibata coming down and attacking Kenta, setting up for some match down the line and we never got it. You know, and maybe Shibata just can't do it, you know? It's possible, and it's a case fine. I get it, but it's pointed. It is disappointing. Alright, next match. Archer versus Boxley. Texas death match. That's gonna be fun. It's Archer though, all the way. They've already stripped Moxley of the belt. They're not gonna put it back on him. Well unless he loses it the next night God, I hope not. God, I hope not. <laughs> I don't see how much you enjoy how much you enjoyed after you watched it again, Moxley versus Juice. So why wouldn't you? Because I don't want to see a transitional. Let's, let's at least put leave it on Archer for the night. Come on, Juice here with two championships. Fuck Juice. <laughs> Go back to hearing your signs about saving the world. Actually, I think Lance Warner versus John Moxley is going to be a hell of a ball. I'm really, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the match, but I think it's got to be it's got to be Archer at this point. 
What kind of Texas Deathmatch rules are they are they doing here? Is this gonna be the actual one where you where you pin somebody and you have to and there's a count of ten afterwards? Nope. There is uh can only be won by a ten count, knockout, or mission. I'm sorry, knockout, ten count or submission? Ten count, knockout, or submission. Okay. No pinfalls. There's no pins. So this is gonna be a great match. These are two guys who can really fucking fight, and I'm looking forward to it. Another neither one of those bastards is gonna tap out. So. No, of course not. Going to a knockout. Yeah. Um, then we got Osprey versus Takahashi, which I think will the entire weekend. Yeah, and speaking of guys that could become superstars after the 35th birthday, if Archer beats Moxley here, the sky's the limit for them, dude. <sighs> yeah, but I think Archer... Yeah, you're right. I, I can't disagree with that. Archer has been kind of on that cusp for the last few years, the fact that Davy Boy signed, signed with uh, MLW exclusively opened the door for him. I and, really think, and, and, and they need an American pillar, you know. Yeah, they don't have one. Just the only guys. Yeah, you're right. Archer would be that guy. And honestly, and you know, you know, I don't know what the plans are for this title versus title match, or you know, when they're combining the championships. But if they're scrapping. The Intercontinental title, then that means the U.S. title might become the number two belt by default. Well, they're not scrapping the. Well, yeah, they are. Never mind. Okay, yeah, yeah. God damn it! Passport possibly, or, or maybe one getting both belts, but. I hate when you make sense. Shut up. But if not combining them into one, it would be a great champion to be a champion. What's that? Archer would be a great guy to be the American champion. He's got the size, he's got the look, he's got the ability. His gimmick is great right now. Right now it is, yeah. Because you know what, Jeff? That would be great. Everybody dies. They do. And I'm getting closer. <laughs> Everybody listed this is a second closer to death than they were before I started that. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> And then my, my okay. wife said last week one day that you know she wishes we could you know get time travel. And I said we are time traveling. We're doing a second forward in the future for every second that we're living. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> I, sorry, man. I'm just I'm at a loss right Mars now. Mars is gonna be a hell of a blast. Yeah, it is. That's gonna be. I th I honestly think between that. God, these two matches could steal the entire weekend. Those last four matches are just fucking blockbuster, dude. Right? On night yeah. one? On night one, yeah. I, I'm i actually thinking, you know, we're doing this whole thing imp. I might not start watching until those last four matches. Those could be the, the four matches of my entire right there. I thought you were looking forward to the to the uh, Suzuki Goon match, though. Yeah, I'm over that. <laughs> I don't. Like when, when you look at these last four matches, I mean Archer versus Moxley, Osprey, which to me, we've got our wrestler of the year up against our wrestler of two years ago. Had he not gotten hurt, mm -hmm. I think if Takahashi had not gotten hurt, he would have been our guy ahead of Matt Jackson. With the run he was on? No, you're talking about 2017. He has not wrestled since... Like, Holy shit, you're right. Who do we have in 2017? I We didn't have a show in 2017. We thought about a show, though. 
thought about a show? Well, we did. We kind of. We. 2017, it was probably, for me... Um, for me, it would have been Rollins, to be honest. 2017? Yeah. Did he even wrestle in 2017? He was the heavyweight champion through most of the... I mean, he, he had that crappy heel WWE run where he was the champion but always winning because of his little minions. No, that was but 2015. His, was that... Are you kidding me? No, it was 2015. No, it was not. He came, he came back and won the championship from Roman Reigns at Best in the World 2016. At, uh, um... What the it called? Money in the Bank That's right, because Brock was the fucking champion for most of 2017. Yeah. AJ was... 2017, honestly, for me, it, might, it was probably either Jay Lethal or... Wait, hold on. Hold, hold, wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. We need to step back like 30 seconds in this conversation. <laughs> Did you really just say Jay Lethal? Well, because that's the year that he was that he was a, he was the television champion. Then he then rolled into winning the world championship, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. And I remember no, because no, that was what's that? No, 20, that was 2015. Because we were still on the air. We were still doing the other one. And I was telling you that he was my uh, best in the world at that point. No. Yes. No, because because he lost the title to Adam Cole, right? Oh, my God. I got to look this up now. And then, and then Adam Cole lost it to Kyle O'Reilly. Because I was going to say, there's probably either Lethal or Kyle O'Reilly for me in 2017. No, it was probably... It, w- it wasn't Lethal. Yeah, that was. You're talking 2015 when that happened. No, I'm not. That's I'm, you're, you're you're way off. <sighs> I hate when, when I have to. My rest of the year was probably either Okada or Naito. Championship reigns 14 to present. Let's see. Uh, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm saying that to Wikipedia because they suck. Um, in 15 Lethal began professing himself as the Ring of Honor champion claiming his world television championship was the true top title we're talking 2015 right yeah what we're talking about now was 17 yeah he he won the world title in 17 no he didn't he won it again in 18 Defeating Dalton Castle. He originally won it in 15. No, he won the TV title in 15. Best in the world 16. Lethal successfully defended the title against Briscoe. Oh, wow. Okay. The following day, Lethal was attacked by Cole and Bullet Club, who shaved him bald. It was 2015 was when he, because that was when we were doing the excuse the aggravation show or the whatever the two guys that are like rapists and murderers now, or not murderers. I Sorry I said that, but uh, end zone cast. What were their? Uh, the realist guys in the room. Realist guys, yeah. That was in 2015 when we were doing that. And 16. And it was 16 
Lethal unsuccessfully challenged Daniels for the Ring of Honor cha- World Championship in a three-way match. So it was after he lost it. So yeah, fifteen sixteen right, was when right. I was saying. Okay, so I was off by I was off by a couple years. You're you're right. I'm sorry. That was bad. shut up. Did you just say I was right? I did. I don't believe you. Yeah, so I, so I, hear. I guess it was fourteen and fifteen that Lethal was the best in the world. I want to hear it again. Say I was right again. Um, so 2017 was probably Naito or Okada that was my rest of the year. It was Okada. Because okay. that was that year he had that classic with Tanahashi. Yeah. That classic. He's had lots of classics with Tanahashi. He's like 12 of them, but we're not talking about those. The first one, that my, you know, the first one I saw, actually I think the very first one was in 2013. Right? Well, it would have been, what, Wrestle Kingdom? Yeah, Wrestle Kingdom 9. Yeah. I remember no, when you Kingdom, gave no, me... No, it was 8. Wrestle Kingdom 8. Was it 8? Okay, so... Because I remember you gave me that disc of, like, a dozen of their matches. Yeah. Just so I could get caught up to the Wrestle Kingdom match on, what, Wrestle Kingdom 11? I, yeah, I didn't realize it was it was actually three years ago that Kyle O'Reilly won the World Championship for Madame Cole. I thought it was only two. That's why well, because remember Kyle O'Reilly took that year off, and he's been in NXT for two years now. Yeah. And Cole was, yeah, because we're we're a good year since the Elite left Bullet Club. Yeah, time just flies, dude. You know. Right. The hell. Stupid time. <laughs> anyway, Osprey Takahashi, what are your thoughts? Wow. I mean, I don't Lay them out, dude. It. It's, it's Lay them totally, out. It's going to totally rule. I think, I, I think those two matches back to back, Archer. Oh, I'm going to have to take a break between those two. There's no way I can watch those two back to back. We're going to have to start that show late. No, we're not. I can't watch those two back to back. Yes, you can. No, I can't. Probably two of them of the. Weekend stealing matches back to back, dude. You then watched, you got white. You watched, um, Shibata versus Ishii back to back to God. AJ, AJ Nakamura versus Nakamura, and then and, followed that up with, oh. and then Naito versus Okada. So. <laughs> no, it wasn't Naito. It was Tanahashi. Tanahashi versus Okada. Yeah. So I think you can. Well, we have. We have possibly four this time. And before that, Archer. it was it was uh, Omega versus Kushida. Oh, that's right. It was. <laughs> Good God. I hate Wrestle Kingdom for that. <laughs> and the fact that they're giving us another four. Seriously, night one, we had Archer Moxley, Osprey Takahashi, White Naito, and Okada Ibushi. That's four matches on the same level as probably the greatest Wrestle Kingdom I've ever seen. And remember, we're talking about in the two, you know, the two. And that's only night one. The back-to-back, the semi-main and the main event are rematches of two of the best matches of the year. And it's only night one. It's a fantastic final of the G1, too. Right. And it's only night one. Yep. You know, and then we roll into night two. 
we've got and every match is a championship on, match on night two except for Tanahashi versus Jericho and the two losers from the title matches in Wrestle Kingdom night one wrestling each other well and that Liger tag team match yeah I forgot about that one because it is on is on the list of matches that I'm looking at well it's just the fact that it's not Liger versus Tanahashi I I'm I'm yeah, it's great to see his last match, but... You mean Takahashi, right? Yeah, Takahashi, sorry. That's okay. But we have uh, Ishimori versus Phantasmo against Rapungi 3K. Yeah. As high as I've been on Rapungi 3K for, what, last three years? And Phantasmo and Ishimori, Ishimori earlier this year, I thought was the best... Or last year. Was it last year? Where I thought he was the best junior in the world? Yeah. After Takahashi got hurt, Phantasmo has been insane in every match I've seen him in since March. And then Rapungi 3K, I think that's going to be a phenomenal match. Just you know, absolutely. I started crying and realized that Robbie Eagle isn't on either of these two cards. Yeah, I saw that too. I, I was hoping to not bring that up. Okay. I because I, I that's that. a. That's a huge, huge, huge um, disappointment. You know, I, I kind of want... I shouldn't say I kind of want... I, I really would like her, Takahashi to enter Dominion as the junior heavyweight champion just so we can just so we get Osprey and Eagles against Phantasma and Ishimori on, a big sta- on the big stage, like Dominion. God, that would be awesome. Yeah. That would be amazing. And I hope this, and I know this is going to be a great match for the tag, for those tag titles at Wrestle Kingdom Night Two. But I, I'm, I'm just can't imagine. I, I think you know, Fantasma and Ishimori are now are inextricably linked with the, with the Birds of Prey to me. <laughs> Already after only two matches, you know, to the point where you know I really want to see those guys just keep going at it for those championships, or even yeah. even not for the championships, just keep going at it, you know, often. I mean, you might be. Well, you were never an AWA guy, so you can never understand the fact that, to me, the Midnight Rockers and the uh, Legion, no, Legion of Doom, before they were Legion of Doom, Road Warriors, yeah, they were always, oh yeah, they were always linked. I didn't know that. Like, all the way through because they uh, in early AWA it was always always Midnight Express or I'm sorry not Mid- Midnight Rockers versus the Road Warriors was a huge huge thing and that was when I first started watching wrestling so when they both came to the WWF and you had the Rockers and L-O-D. they never faced the Legion of Doom yeah. it, it sucked now, see, I, I, you know, like I said I didn't follow EWA, but I remember like reading in like the after mags. It was like the Rockers against um, Bad Company, and I believe they were. In, yeah, there was a lot of them. And I believe they were also against each other in a tag te- in a in a uh, tag team cage match on a big yep. episode of AWA. Yep. And so and so, it really wasn't a big surprise to me that they had fantastic matches against those two guys again when they were the Orient Express. It, yeah. Well, Orient Express was always great too. So, but, I'm but saying the it was, was bad company. Yeah, 
the second Orient Express, not the first one, because Pat Tanaka was in both, but Paul Diamond was the guy under the mask as Cato in the second one. It, to me, it was just always the Midnight Rockers against uh, against the Road Warriors, and it was that power and glory type stuff where you had the power against the high flying, whatever they were. So I, it, I don't want to be a dick, but I'm good. Please at it. be so. Oh, are yeah, you sure you're please. not conflating the Road Warriors against the Midnight Express from the NWA with the Dude, I don't know. I'm tired. It's a possibility. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I, I'm trying. Honestly, I've never heard of the Rockers versus the Road Warriors. I'm not saying they never had. I'm trying to remember. remember no, being like one of the greatest feuds of all time. In the AWA, when I first started watching wrestling, it was the Rockers against somebody, and I could have swore it was the Road Warriors. Because there was always Jim Cornette, or not Cornette, uh, Paul Ellerling out there with his uh, with his phone. Paul Heyman. And I know Paul Heyman is known for his phone, but Jim Ellerling had something, some kind of prop. Jim Cornette and Paul Ellerling. Cornette had the racket. He was Midnight Express. You're was not his rocket. What? Wait, what? Hold on. What's happening? Lost, confused. What are you watching? Must be watching Raw again. No, I shut that shit off like an hour ago. <laughs> there was a wedding dress and stupidity, and I'm like, oh no, hell no, I ain't watching this time. Why were you wearing a wedding dress while you were watching Raw? Lana and that Lashley guy. So dumb. Enough with the fucking wedding pro. I said I wasn't going to get upset about it. I'm not going to. Okay, I just looked up the Rockers versus Road Warriors, and literally everything else, everything is coming up for those two teams except for them facing each other. I was probably wrong. I found the Midnight Rockers versus the Nasty Boys in AWA. No, wasn't that? There was somebody. Midnight Rockers versus the original Midnight Express in AWA. No, wasn't that? And I found the LOD, found the LOD defending the tag titles against the Rockers in 1991 on Saturday on the WWE Superstars. You know what? I, there's a possibility I could be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just leave it at that and move on. <laughs> it's more than a possibility. <laughs> anyway. So... <laughs> 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 After Bullet Club versus RPG, uh, what, what? RPG 3K, yeah. Yeah, we got ZSJ Sonata. Yeah, I am so looking forward to that. I mean, Sonata versus CSJ have, have had two straight classics at um, G1 Climax matches. And they face each other, I think, already this year, once maybe for that championship. And I'm really looking forward to seeing these guys go at it again. I mean, they're they're brilliant against each other. They're brilliant separately. Um, they're, they may be my two favorite, uh, not necessarily the two best, but my two favorite guys in NGPW. Are, might be Zack Sabre Jr. and Sonata, especially in the heavyweight division. Um, you know I the love Ibushi. I love White. But ZSJ is so creative in its things. And Sonata has just been my favorite, you know, for for a few for a couple of years now, so I'm I'm down for and super looking forward to this match. 
It's funny because at this time last year, ZSJ and Sonata were both yours and mine, probably top 10 wrestlers. They may not have been had the best years or whatever, but they were both in that, okay, these are the guys that are great to watch every time of great matches. And fucking ZSJ put on a classic in five, what, eight minutes? Was it five or eight minutes against uh, Gresham? I think it was eight. The fact that you can put on a five-star classic in eight minutes is a testament to how good you are. And we've both been fans of Sonata for years. So these two together for that British heavyweight title is one of my favorite matches of the night. In fact, looking at I don't know. It's so tough to get past those two on... No, yeah, that's true. I, I guess for me it's mostly because I'm so happy for Sonata. You know? Yeah, and the fact that we finally get to see ZSJ in a singles match. I do, I do feel like ZSJ has kind of been treading the water the last couple of years, so I'm, I'm really hoping that you know, he has a strong 2020 where he's actually in the running for the top titles in Japan. He's been treading water, but he has been on the cusp for years. That's the part that pisses me off. Is he is so, I mean, he's just like right there, but he's still in Suzuki's shadow. Yeah, I, re- I really would love that stable to become Saber, Z- Saber Goon or ZSJ Goon or whatever. Kind of like we were hoping that uh, Chaos would be with White. Oh, he has Bullet Club now. Yeah, but he has a Rapungi 3K. That needs a heel turn. Worse than anyone I've ever seen. Yeah, it's been a year since we've been saying that, I think. Yeah, probably. So, um, TBD, Archer or Moxley versus uh, Juice Robinson? It's going to be a good match, but it's not going to be anywhere near as good as the night before to me. It's going to depend on who it is. I think if Moxley is the champion which I kind of think he's going to be because I think this is Juice's win back. I think we could see as great a match as we saw a year ago. A year ago? Wasn't it Juice versus Cody a year ago? I don't remember. It's been so much wrestling. I think it was, and you and I, you and I liked that match a lot, and I think we were in the minority of that. Was it yeah, when did yeah, yeah, when did Moxley? That was Cody's bow out match. Was Juice versus Cody at WrestleMania? Yeah, you're right. You're right. It was because that was when he lost the title, and and that was his uh, farewell to NJPW. You're right. Exactly. Yeah. So it was uh, was was it May? Was it, I don't know. We talked about this earlier. Was, Regardless, when, when Juice lost the title to Moxley, it was the best best in Super Juniors final. So it was like May. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, a replay of that. I mean, I like Lance Archer. I think if Archer wins, he's going to become the American pillar in NJPW. But I could honestly see them pulling the trigger and letting Moxley win it just to lose it to Juice because he was stripped of it, uh, what, three months ago, four months ago? Yeah. And to have Juice... Yep, and have Juice get that win back. 
or tsunami. I don't want. It was a hurricane, wasn't it? Typhoon. But, it was a typhoon. But, I don't. It was something, and there was <laughs> rain. That's all I know. It was a nat- typhoon. It was a, it was a natural disaster that was not this show. As long as it wasn't spitting, I don't care. <laughs> I think it was a lot of spinning. I'm not sure about any spitting. <laughs> Whatever. There was there was wind and rain. That's all that matters. And thunder. <laughs> wow. God, I haven't heard that in a decade. <laughs> thunder, 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 thunder. Anyway, so who's it going to be, Moxley or Archer? I go with Archer. God, I hope it's Archer. And I hope he kicks the shit out of Juice. Me too. Only because I've been an Archer mark for a, a long, long time. And I like and I like Juice, but I but I really want Archer to succeed. You know, I, I just I want him. I, I feel like Juice has gone basically as far as up with the card as he can, and I don't feel that way about Archer. I would love to see Archer as that pillar, and not Juice. I think if we're going to have an American pillar, we know it's not going to be Moxley. I would rather have it be Archer than Juice. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would really, I mean, imagine Archer versus Ibushi for the title, you know, for instance. God, that'd be amazing. Such a clash of styles, mm-hmm. and the way that Archer has been recently, that would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, a quick striking technical wrestler versus a brawler powerhouse. That'd be awesome. A brawler? You don't think that Archer's a brawler? I think Archer is like five levels above Brawler. Okay, he's a Brawler. Perfect. That's (laughs) perfect. (laughs) All right. right. Kenta. (laughs) Only because it's. Yeah, only because it's 917 already. We've gotten two hours again. Kenta versus Goto. I don't give a shit. I really don't care. All right, now we get to. Now we get to the. Two non-champions facing each other. So who are the two non-champions going to be? Um, I'm going to say Ibushi and Naito. Are you? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Ibushi and White. See, I think the two champions are going to retain. I think this is the moment that we can put White over and finally get him to where he needs to be. And I think a win over Naito is that cure. And we get an Okada versus... The only problem, the only problem, and I'm going to say this right now, the only problem and the only reason I hope this doesn't happen is because I can see the uh, NJPW putting both belts on Okada to make him the greatest ever instead of putting both belts on White to build that guy's career. See, and I think this is finally the crowning moment for Tetsuya Naito. You think so? I think Naito wins the Intercontinental Championship, and the next night he beats Okada finally in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom for the championship. I don't see them having the faith in him. This is his third shot at Okada at Wrestle Kingdom. And that's why I don't see them having the faith. That's the whole reason right there. I don't see them having the faith in him. It's his third shot. But they've been building to it for the last two years. Yeah, but White... Won it last year. Yeah. 
Well, he didn't, he didn't they've the already get, against Tanahashi and lost in his first defense. He did, but they've already shown faith in White that they've never shown in Naito. I don't know, man. I, I mean, I, I, I think you're looking. Don't at this get me wrong. Colored rose, gray white rose colored glasses here. I don't get me is, wrong. I think, that, I think they're finally going to put Naito where he belongs at the, at the top of the and promotion. If they do, I'm okay with it. Don't get me wrong. All four of these guys are four guys that I could definitely see winning this entire thing. I love all four guys. I think all four guys deserve that spot to be the first ever dual champion. I just have this odd feeling that White, with the year he's had, with the run he had up to last year, I just have this feeling. And I know it's a... We've got three against one when you've got the Gaijin. But I just think they might actually pull that trigger and let White Rent win this. Could you imagine what this would what this would do for Bullet Club, what this would do for the entire company to have a guy like Jay White be the top of the mountain. He's proven it through his promos He's proven it through his in-ring talent, his in-ring promos, his charisma. Everything about Jay White right now screams top of the world. We've got the best in the world with Okada. That's not going away. Ibushi and Naito, they've always kind of been that second to third pillar guy. I can kind of see them staying there. I think this is White's crowning moment. I really do. And I can't see them having a Gaijin leave Wrestle Kingdom as not only the IWGP Heavyweight Champion, but also the Intercontinental Champion. As much I, as I, I hate I, to I, agree I think you. they've been building up to Naito versus Okada for for the last two years, and I think it's to put the crowning moment on Naito. And you said and you said all four guys are deserving of it? Absolutely. But I would be disappointed if Okada left with both belts. I would be too. Any of the other three, I'm totally fine with. Yep, and, and and it's weird that Ibushi, you know, declared himself a, a NJPW guy for the rest of his career. Guy, he won G one, and he's the guy that none, neither of us has have picked to win it. But I just don't see him winning it. You know, it's I not see, that I, I don't see, see it. I see him maybe winning on night two, but I don't see him beating Okada for the championship. The weirdest part is, and I said this coming into tonight. These are the four pillars. These are the four guys who are young enough and talented enough to build the company around. And NJPW has always been big on their four pillars. They gave the shot to Naito a couple years ago. He didn't quite make it. So it kind of went back. You know, in the last few years, it's been Okada. It's been Omega, it's been Tanahashi, and Naito. And Naito's always been that fourth guy out. Now we have, because Tanahashi is just, he's at the end of his career. As much as you want to continue to call, and and I'm not saying you, but as much as people want to continue to call him the ace, as much as people want to continue to push Tanahashi and his greatness, which he was, 
seven, eight, nine, ten years ago down our throat, he's not that guy anymore. Right now, it is Okada. Omega's gone. White took his place and thrived in it. He crushed it. Naito has been, um, he's been what he's been for the last five years. He's not really gotten greater. He's not really gotten worse. I think his run with the IC title, his matches against Ibushi, his matches against White has really elevated him. But I still think he's kind of that fourth, maybe fourth pillar. And Ibushi is the guy that has stepped up to take that role of that third pillar. But I still think the top two guys right now in this company are Okada and White. Anything less than those two guys facing off in that finals, I think is a major disappointment. And a major I think all four... Really? Not a major. Not a major. I Not a major. But I think it would be a disappointment. I think those two are the most two worthy guys. But I could definitely see any combination of the four in there. Because I think all four of them are young. They're all on the same level. They all kind of have claim. I just think White versus Okada is the way this storyline needs to go. Yeah, I, I understand your point there. I just don't think it's going to happen. No, and we'll have to see. We got what, well, three I'm days. We're going to talk about it. We got five days, and me and Imp are going to talk about it while you jerk off in the corner. I mean, that's just the way it's going to be. Yeah, and I will be the only one with my camera on. Um. Ew. <laughs> I'll be the only one with my camera off. <laughs> so, the one match we didn't really talk about, Tanahashi Jericho. I don't know what to say about this one. It's, it's interesting you compared the two of them um, earlier, and now they're, and they're facing it up against each other. You know, you're, you basically said like the Tanahashi is the Jericho of NJPW. Yeah. Um, I don't really see it that way because I, I don't I don't think that Jericho has got a five star match left in him. I really don't. You don't think so? No. I think he came close against Omega. Was it last year or two years ago? Well, against Omega, yeah. I mean. It's been a year. It's been a year and a half since he had that match against Naito, and it's been two years since he had that match against Omega. You know, his match against um, Page was really good, but it wasn't a five star match. Oh hell no! His match but I think that was. Cody I think that was more five star match. I think that was more Page than Jericho, though. I don't. You know, I, I, I think, I think that Jericho ending was, was so bad. Off. What's that? Well, I mean, he's <laughs> the fact that he's still able to deliver at the level he can at forty-eight years old is a testament. Okay, but that still doesn't mean he can he can deliver a five-star match. Yeah, and, and true. I and I think that, um, and I do think that Tanahashi can still do that. <sighs> The fact that he's proven it is his match against White was four and a half stars. Mm-hmm. You know, he's proven in the last year and a half he can still do that. And you're right, Jericho hasn't. 
but Jericho still wrestles more of an American style. I think the Japanese style lends more towards those high star matches than American style does. Just because I think the Japanese um, audience is more into the build than the American audience is. The American audience wants that quick hit. We want that decision in 17 minutes We or in 15 minutes. We want to see a definitive winner and somebody kick somebody's ass. The Japanese are more into the lengthy matches, the story builds. As much as I hate it, the way that Tanahashi fucking sells his moves with the um, 90s style of no selling, but kind of selling, but maybe not selling, but I might sell here type of performance. I just lost you on that, but go ahead. Right? (laughs) That's what you've been saying for years. Why don't I like Tanahashi matches? That's why. He'll sell it. He'll sell it for half a match. Then he won't sell for like half a match, or a quarter of the match. Then he might sell a little bit here and there. And then, all of a sudden, at the ending sequence, his knee is great again, and he's up doing like fourteen frog splashes. And then, all of a sudden, his knee hurts him again. He loses. That's a Tanahashi match, but that is what the Japanese audience loves. The American audience is bored of that, so. I have no clue what I just said. Yeah. Anyway, the, the point is that I mean, I, I think that I think this is going to be a strong match, but I, I don't know that Jericho is capable of delivering a five star match anymore. So I mean, I I think it's I, mean, I think it's great this match is happening. I think it's a bit of a dream match, a match that we you know that we never a couple of years ago we never would have we'd we'd see, um, but um, I do think that it's happening. You know, way late in those in these guys' career. I mean, it's great that, like I said, it's great it's happening. I'm excited that it's happening, but I'm not gonna go. But I'm not gonna sit here thinking it's gonna be the greatest match of all time or anything. Hey, it's Noki versus Hogan. No, it's better than that. Yeah, but age-wise, sure. you don't think so? I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know where they were in their careers when the Milky Way Hogan. To be honest with you, um, late. Okay. Very late <laughs> in their careers. Like should not have been wrestling anymore. Late in their careers. Then yes, I agree with you. All right. Fair enough. Um, who who you got in this one? I got Jericho. In this one, I'm going Jericho. Actually. I take that back. I'm going Tanahashi. And the reason I'm going Tanahashi is because of the stipulation. I think with the dissolution of the Ring of Honor and JPW working arrangement, which has not been dissolved yet, but obviously by the fact that no one appears on anyone's TV programs anymore... I think this opens the door for an AEW and JPW working arrangement, and we get that uh, Tanahashi title match down the road. 
even though Nick Jackson has gone on record and said that they will never have a working agreement with New Japan Pro Wrestling. They have a working agreement. Two of their guys are on this show. That doesn't mean they have a working agreement. They have a working agreement. Two of their guys are on the show. You just said that. I know, and I demanded a repeat. <laughs> Nobody demanded a repeat of that. I demanded a repeat. You demanded My a cat. repeat. My cat is looking at me. He demanded a repeat. She, it, whatever it is. Demon. She knocked down my Christmas tree. I will agree. Did you ever pick it up, by the way? Yes, I picked it up. <laughs> I picked it up before the children came. All right, because you said that you just left it sitting there the last time we talked. Well, I did. I left it sit there for like a week, and then my <laughs> oldest came, and I'm like, dude, we got to pick that up before the toddler gets here tomorrow. <laughs> and he was all in, so. All right. Good, it's good that you put Jacob to work, I suppose. Well, yeah, he needs it. He's you know he's at that age. He doesn't have a job yet. Shit, I had a job when I was fifteen. He's seventeen. He doesn't have one yet. Yeah, but he's also smarter than you. That's a very good point. Right. He's going a lot further than me. So you so you have you have uh, Tanahashi in this one. I have Jericho. You have uh, White winning the championship. I have Naito leaving with both championships. It's funny that we both have the IC title holder winning over whoever's going to be the heavyweight title holder. We do, don't we? I didn't notice yeah. that, but yeah, we do. Because I mean, uh, both of us are counting uh, Okada. and I mean, Okada, we just talked about this earlier tonight. Okada is one of the greatest wrestlers of the last 10, 10 15 years. And uh, uh, Kota Ibushi? has been on a hot streak ever since January 1st. And we both just counted both them out. We're just like, fuck it. Neither one are going to win. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, we did. I mean, I, I mean I'm not super, we didn't say we counted them out. I mean, we, we also said we could see those four winning, but you got to, but if we're, we're going to make predictions, we're gonna have to, we're, you know, we have to predict somebody's going to lose and somebody's going to win. Oh, I'm and, definitely and going to predict. So. Yep. And I'm going with White. You're going with Naito. Yep. We've got, uh, I've got Tanahashi in that semi-main. Kenta, I don't give a shit about. If it's not Lance Archer, I don't care. I want to see Sonata win. And I want Bullet Club to win. That's night two. Night one, obviously, Okada. Wait, wait, Bullet Club to win over your boys? Showing you? Yeah, because Phantasmo is the shit. Okay. I have not. If I go back over this last year, I've not been disappointed in an El Phantasmo match. Period. Gotcha. Not once. Showing Yo made the mistake of joining the Super Juniors separately, and they disappointed. Uh, Liger, the fact that he's not in a one-on-one match against Tanahashi or Takahashi, care less about. Um, I've got Okada versus Ibushi. I've got Okada over him. White, obviously, because he's my pick. Osprey and Takahashi. 
I actually have Takahashi winning that one. Yeah, we didn't talk about that, did we? I, I'm no. going to go with Takahashi also. I think I just, coming back into, you know, it's going to be a really real feel-good moment to win that thing. And I think that could be, and I, I've said it before, I think that could be the match of the two nights. I really do. And I know we're at two hours now, but I also, I also want to say, you know, looking at this and looking at, the, at these cards, it's amazing to me, given the way this, they, they pushed them at the, at the, begin, at the beginning and middle of 2019, that Shingo Tagagi is not in anything except for an eight-man tag on these two nights. Well, it's not just Shingo. I mean, look at some of these other guys. We no, get ZSG. No, Shingo because I mean he basically was in the same spot as Will Osprey, where the, they're the two guys that were in both of the major tournaments in the year, and Osprey is facing Takahashi for the Junior Heavyweight Championship, and Takagi's in an eight-man tag. Yeah, and the and the other two guys that I thought were pushed to the moon uh, actually do have um, singles matches. Actually, three guys with Kenta, ZSJ, and Sonata. So you're right. You're right. He is the one guy that did not get the singles match that he well, I can't say that cuz I still think Juice and Thunder Liger should have a singles match in his final fucking match. <laughs> Fuck. You are not wrong. Fuck. How do you do that to a legend? Seriously. For everything NJPW has gotten right over the last Jesus 20 years. How do you do that to a legend who is on his way out in his last match? How does he not have a singles match to pass a torch or to just shine in a singles match? Notice I didn't say you were so right. disappointed. I know, but still, I'm right. Jesus, we went two hours again. Um, hey, everyone that wants that Ring of Honor show, please stay tuned. It is coming. At some point. We're, we're going to do it. Maybe this week. Might not be till next Monday. Actually, next Monday, we don't have much to talk about since we're doing two live shows. Yeah, maybe we should just do that show next Monday. Maybe it, should, right. maybe it should be a preview of our Patreon show. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do a free show. We'll watch uh, the Ring of Honor show. That'll be our next week's show because that's the week before Impact. It's the week after we go balls out with him for two straight nights. And I'm probably going to be really tired, cranky. Yeah. Which is normal. And the following Monday, I don't know if I'll be able to do a show or not, because I've got that training trip. Oh, that's right. So, okay, next week we are doing a preview of a free of our uh, exclusive Patreon shows. Uh, and you can catch those exclusive Patreon shows at patreon.com slash Honor. We do all kinds of stuff over there. And for a small donation, you can help this show continue to uh, produce content. And we do a, we do our, this show. We do Dynamite After Dark, which is coming on Wednesday. And we also do some exclusive stuff. And for a small 
donation of $10, you can get all that exclusive stuff, and there is a lot of it. Um, also, follow us on, on Twitter. I am at Reggie Co-op. He 